this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampath twitter has moved the karnataka high court challenging multiple account blocking and account suspension requests from the government of india Its petition has sought the quashing of as many as 39 blocking orders issued under section 69A of the Information Technology Act or the IT Act. It wants them overturned on the grounds that they are both I quote procedurally and substantially quote unquote non-compliant with relevant legislation that is section 69A of the IT Act. The petition also argues that the blocking orders are unconstitutional and violate the principles of online speech and intermediary liability. These are all complex aspects of uh, online speech and social media regulation. But what has prompted Twitter to go to the court now after complying with government orders all these months? Do the blocking orders satisfy the parameters of natural justice? and is the problem with the interpretation of the law or with the law itself we explore all these questions and more in this episode of the in focus podcast and our guest today is alok prasanna from the vidhi center for legal policy alok thank you so much for joining us my pleasure my pleasure sampath it's i'm glad to be on the podcast alok to start with can you give us a quick overview in terms of the legal uh, elements and arguments of twitter's petition what is its complaint exactly So let's just take a step back right now section 69 capital A of the Information Technology Act essentially says that government can direct a certain entity to take down certain content for certain reasons i'll come to these reasons a little bit later but what twitter is saying is that the specific orders that the government issues do not comply with the requirements of the law itself now section 69A is accompanied by a set of rules which was uh, also been enforced since 2011 which say how the government should issue these orders what is the procedure who is the officer and so on and so forth what twitter is saying is that you are not following this procedure that's one big thing second twitter is saying that the grounds that you are asking us to take this content down does not meet the requirement of the law itself Twitter's specific point seems to be that you are not giving us reasons why you want to take this content down. You are simply saying that oh yeah, there are six or seven criteria listed out in the section sixty nine capital A. This meets one of those criteria. Take it down. Twitter's third big problem is that there is no basis on which we can tell why you are asking us to take this down or that down because it follows from the second point that I also made. Twitter seems to be saying that there is no link between the content that you want us to take down and the reasons why you say that you have to take it down. Specifically, from what I'm given to understand, I also haven't seen the full text of the petition. By the way, disclaimer, but I've seen it reported and extensively in a lot of places. Twitter's primary concern here seems to be that a lot of content put out by other political parties seems to be the subject matter of these takedowns, and Twitter is sort of worried that is this actually permitted under law, and it feels that. the kind of orders that are being sent to us don't seem to meet the parameters of the law so it is both procedure that you aren't sending these orders properly in accordance with the law and also the reasons for these orders don't seem to match what is the content or the account being blocked right so i think that uh, clearly explains what i had mentioned in the intro about procedurally and substantially in violation of the rele- relevant legislation now does this mean uh, that 
Twitter's problem is not so much with Section 69A, which in itself, as uh, as as you would definitely be aware, has been a bone of contention among uh, lots of people from the tech sector, social media industry, and so on. There are lots of problems with it. Actually, it's been uh, discussed in the court. So, is Twitter challenging only the way it is used by the government, or uh, is there anything it has to do? It has to say about the law itself. So, one thing is, even if Twitter had a problem with 69 capital A, it can't. Because it's not an Indian company. It's not an Indian citizen. And freedom of speech is a right which is available only to citizens. So Twitter that way is legally barred from doing so. But as you rightly pointed out, Section 69 capital A has already been upheld as valid and constitutional by the Supreme Court. So I disagree with that judgment and I'll explain why a little later. But yes, Twitter only has a problem with the way in which this section has been invoked by the government in specific cases. And it is now asking the court to set aside these orders of blocking because according to Twitter, these are not lawful blocking orders. Okay. So one of the uh, judgments which I saw frequently invoked in the context of this debate over online content moderation, taking off, suspension, etc. is the Shreya single judgment. Can you share briefly what exactly uh, this judgment is about? What is its significance in this context? And how does it have a bearing on the Twitter case and the petition? So Shreya Singhal, everybody hears it and thinks of Section 66A, capital A of the Information Technology Act, which the court struck down. That is correct. Two other provisions were also challenged in this respect. One was Section 69, capital A, which we have just said the court upheld as being constitutional. And the other was Section 793B, which would make an intermediary like Twitter liable for content posted on its platform by someone else. Okay. These two were upheld as being constitutional. Now, here is the problem with the way in which the court has upheld Section 69, capital A. I'll try and explain it uh, simply. Under our constitution, parliament has the power to make laws which restrict our freedom of speech and expression for certain grounds. It's okay to have a provision in the Information Technology Act which says certain content can be taken down on certain grounds. Why the court has upheld Section 69, capital A is because they have seen that the words have been copy-pasted from the constitution into the act. This is a mistake on the part of the court. Now, you may think, why? If they have just used the words used in the constitution, what is so wrong? Let me go back to a fundamental point. The constitution uses words like defamation, public order, law and order, national security to limit parliament's power to cut down our freedom of speech and expression. Now, parliament is a deliberative body. It makes laws for the whole country. It sets down broad norms. So broad terms need to be used for such broad norms. But a blocking order is issued by an individual in the government or some officer who is empowered to issue such order. That person needs to be given as specific a mandate as possible to say this is why you should take down this content. That is why you should take down this content. Unfortunately, the court did not understand this point. The court thought same words are in constitution, same words are in section 69 capital A. What is the harm? They missed out the point that you can't leave some officer of the government of India to interpret these words as and how she feels like it. You should actually be telling them threat to national security. For example, you can't just say for national security. You should say threat of terrorism, attack against the nation, overthrow of the government. You can't simply say law and order, you should, public order. You should say threat to law and order threat immediately. Or it could be an attempt to cause uh, disharmony between communities. Now, these specific terms are used in a lot of legislation. To give you one example, for instance, the Indian Penal Code, right? Not that they're not misused. 
But I'm saying that the way in which the court upheld Section 69 Capital A itself allowed this misuse. What the court has said is this one particular officer of the government of India will sit and decide what is national security, what is public order, what is so-and-so, what is uh, else uh, friendly relations with foreign countries and so on. And they will issue specific directions to take out specific content. That that should not have been allowed. Unfortunately, the court allowed it. The court also missed out the point that there is no base, there is no procedural uh, requirement to give a hearing to the party. This, the court has looked at the rules and said, yeah, yeah, rules are fine. Government has to be satisfied. It has to be a written order. It missed the fact that there is no requirement to give a hearing to the affected party. Isn't there a rule 16 or whatever which says uh, or some rule which says that you should give a hearing? There's nothing in the, in the rules no, which say that hearing is needed. Says, no, it doesn't. Because all the rules provide for is a complaint from someone. If, for instance, you know, I find something objectionable that you put out on your Twitter feed, I can write to the government to say, please ask him to remove it. Then the government can say, why do you think it's a problem? They can ask me, but they will not ask you. Some Alok has said your content is problematic. Why shouldn't we take it down? Right. So that requirement is not there in the rules at the moment. Because nowhere is the government required to notify the person who's being affected that your content is going to be taken down. I agree in some cases it's not possible. They may be anonymous or they may be outside the country and so on. But there is not even a requirement in good faith to reach out to whoever is the person and say, please take down your content. This is unlawful or why shouldn't we take it down? So if I, if just to paraphrase what you're saying, so if I understand you correctly, what you're saying is that in the Shreya single judgment, uh, in upholding 69A, what the court has done is that it has empowered the executive or a representative of the executive such as uh, an officer concerned to unilaterally shut down the right to freedom of expression online of whoever, any citizen. Is that right? That is absolutely correct. That Unfortunately, the court has not realized this. The court has not realized. So, here, here is the difference, right? 66A allowed your regular police officer to come and harass you, right? For what you said on the internet. 69A allows some official of the union government to use the 69 capital A to then cut down your content. It's effectively the same thing. But unfortunately, the court has not seen the subtle differences and what is the impact of this in sort of upholding section 69 capital A. Right. Now, speaking of the principles of natural justice, I mean, uh, you touched upon this a little bit earlier as well when you spoke about 69A. Now, two things are involved here. One is, of course, if you're accusing someone of something, you should first inform or give notice to that person that you're going to be accused of whatever, or you're being accused of whatever by this person. And secondly, of course, uh, what you just mentioned, give the other person who is being accused a chance to present his or her side of things. Now, uh, is it correct to assume that one of the main points of Twitter's petition or also what we've been discussing is that under the current rules which apply to this kind of a situation, uh, neither of these things are, in, are required. You don't need to give notice to the person whose account is going to be blocked, nor do you have to give a hearing to the person whose account is going to be blocked. Are these uh, how it operates, the law? So, this is the problem with the way in which 69A and the rules to implement 69A have been framed. They don't provide for this. Now, let me just take a step back and give you the general principle of law. You, you gave a specific instance in the context of criminal law. In general principles of law, any decision of the government which affects a civil right of yours, the government has to give you a hearing. The exception being when the fact of giving you a hearing will essentially make the entire action nugatory. Like suppose, for instance, to give you the most stark example, 
you know people who put up uh, videos of their shooting when they shoot individuals like they live stream it they remember the new zealand killer of the uh, who did this there obviously there's no question of giving that person a hearing it's an emergent situation exceptional situations aside if i let, let's just take a case which is currently in the news if the government wanted to stop mohammed zubair's tweet which they currently are going after him under uh, the uh, indian penal code they would have to sort of say uh, you know we want to take we want this content to be taken down tell us why it shouldn't be taken down then mohammed zubair can possibly give an explanation that no this is parody this is just something that is from another film i'm just pointing it out as a way of uh, making fun of something in the film itself so that has to be done and that has to be done for anything which affects a civil right and of course freedom of speech and expression is a civil right if not i mean it is an actual fundamental right so they should have given a hearing ex with of course reasonable exception so that's a general principle which cuts across all areas of law right and what about transparency because uh, uh, i think uh, there is some kind of a confidentiality clause or whatever which kicks in wherein the the, the person whose account is getting blocked they they are not aware nor is it uh, made available to the public you know which are the accounts and for what reasons they are sought to be blocked like how do you see the, the this entire mode of blocking under these provisions vis-a-vis the basic requirement of uh, transparency and uh, you know public information now this is again another area which the court completely messed up they assumed that just because something is being reported put down in writing it will have enough reasons and it will be capable of being transmitted to the person affected by it nowhere in the rules does it say you have to send it to the person affected by it nowhere does it say that such information has to be made public in fact there is no real database where such blocking orders have been made public that is that it it may be necessary in say some situations where you don't know who that person is so you put it up in the public in the hope that you know that person finally reaches it and so on but this is a concern that the court did not think about at all and assume just because it's being put in writing it's enough unfortunately this the government has interpreted this to mean a carte blanche i can i don't need to tell anybody as long as i tell the intermediary i'll put it down in writing it's up to the intermediary to comply with it the intermediary should do what it is supposed to do not my problem that has unfortunately become the approach for example if if somebody issues like a notice to demolish my house they're supposed to send it to me right at some level that is the basic minimum level of transparency here that even that is not happening so which is where that is definitely a huge concern and that is also something that twitter is pointing out that you are asking us to take down things that affect someone else but you're not are telling that person that you're the one doing it because what happens if i log in and i find out my tweets have been deleted i'll suspect twitter i'll say what are you doing you're violating your terms of condition of service you tell us why you didn't do this why did why did you do this and then they'll have to say yeah we got a request from the government to do so so which is which is the serious problem here right now moving a step back from the actual uh, petition how does twitter's relationship with indian government compared with its relations with other national governments especially in the context of you know this blocking requests versus free free speech conflict do they have these kinds of fraught moments uh, elsewhere as well or is there a specific problem uh, that is happening in india particularly it would be hard to compare now the immediate impulse of a lot of indians is to compare ourselves to europe and to the us and say but it doesn't seem to happen there you also forget that those are more rule of law countries than us they take their administrative law they take their procedures they take their substantive concerns much more seriously they also have more accessible courts they also have wider levels of literacy so it may not be the right comparison to look at those countries even though we would like to um, i would say that it depends heavily on the level of rule of law that twitter feels is there in that country 
I, I mean, on sheer numbers, I think Twitter gets some of the most takedown requests from India, as far as I'm aware. But that just maybe the fact that it has a large number of users here. And it also has a very, and there is also very weak rule of law here in India. So that may be the consequence of that. But it is hard to sort of make a like for like comparison because different things come into the picture. Twitter may not have so many users in a country. Like for instance, uh, Nigeria took Twitter down entirely. And only now recently, the last couple of days, the Nigerian Supreme Court said the government's ban of Twitter is not acceptable. So it has had problematic relationships with other countries as well. But it's very hard to make a like for like comparison. One final question um, before we wrap up, uh, Alok. So, what what do you see as uh, as a remedy in terms of what would be an ideal procedure for content moderation or blocking? Uh, given the nature of the medium, you know, social media, it's supposedly more democratic, and anybody can come on and say anything, even anonymously. And huge reputations uh, might be at stake, and you might have uh, issues of national security, etc., and so on. So, uh, something which balances both those kinds of concerns as well as gives ample scope for uh, protection of free speech. Like what, in your view, would be an ideal kind of a framework to approach this? I would say, and this is my uh, very initial thought on this, beyond national security and incitement to violence, the government shouldn't get into blocking anything. If, for instance, somebody finds a tweet defamatory, they should go to court, get an order, get that tweet pulled out, which is fine, which is fair. Court is open process. You can always issue notice to the other party. It can be litigated fairly. If you are taking offense to you can't portray my deities like this, sure, go to court, get an order, do it and so on and so forth. Blocking orders should only, in my view, be restricted to emergent situations. And emergent situations will be Someone puts out a tweet saying, look, government is coming and attacking people of our community. Everybody gather, right? That is an immediate law and order problem. That should be something. And you have to empower the right people for this. You can't have matey. To be very honest, it shouldn't be matey. It should be, say, for instance, in this context, maybe the local DGP of some sort, a high-ranking officer who will say, this is a serious issue. Look at the content of the tweet. Immediate the threat of violence. Let's cut it out. Uh, it could be someone... Who is? Uh, it could be perhaps uh, in the context of national security. Uh, somebody is uh, tweeting like, uh, you know, uh, we have planted explosives or we're going to bomb this and so on and so forth. It should be something which any person, like 95% of people should be able to say, wow, this is a threat to national security. Please take this down. Only in these situations, I think blocking order should be used. Everywhere else, it should pretty much be, please get an order from court and get us to take down. Yet, I'm going to say there's a third category, which is what the platform itself should take down. Twitter itself should have the good sense to know that there is certain content which should not be up on its platform, right? And this is where I think we are letting tech companies and especially social media companies off the hook a little too easily. Uh, I think what Germany has tried to do is a good mechanism of doing it is to hold them liable in civil law to say you impose fines or penalties on them. But I think they have enjoyed the benefit of the safe harbor protection a little too much. It has allowed them to wash their hands off and say, get an order from court or it's an emergent situation. I do think we have to hold them accountable by demanding that please put in place clear policies which says what sort of content is not permissible. If you can use algorithms to send the right ads to me, surely you can use those algorithms to know what is harmful content. So I think that is where we also have to cast the burden on big tech companies like this 
to act responsibly. Don't just leave it to the state to say, you tell us what is good and bad because we don't know or worse, we don't care. Right. I think that's a very useful framework to have. I mean, these three uh, three kinds of ways of approaching content moderation. One you said is an emergent situation which directly impinges on national security. Yes, restrict the capacity for blocking by the state only to those. And for everything else, go to the code and then get it deleted or whatever. And then the third category where you're saying the platform itself should take responsibility using its uh, tech prowess of algorithms and whatnot uh, to take down uh, preemptively and proactively. Thank you so much, Alok. I think we'll probably come back as the case uh, comes to court and there'll be discussions uh, further down the line. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and comments and insights. Pleasure talking to you. My pleasure, Sampath. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.